What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is your boy, Crawl. How's everybody doing out there today? Listen, I am so, so excited to welcome you to the Child Welfare Raising Awareness Podcast. Listen, y'all, this is the podcast that keeps you in the know about all things child welfare. This podcast is brought to you by Tuskegee University, the Department of Social Work, and I will be your host. That's right, your boy Croft. So if you are a student, current child care professional, educator, or parent, know this. You have landed in the right place because this is the podcast show where we will raise awareness about interesting child welfare-related topics. Now listen, I will be bringing on various guest experts to discuss real-world topics that relates to child welfare just to equip you for practice. I must say, y'all, it's going to be quite interesting to say the least. I look forward to seeing you soon. This is your boy, Croft. We'll be hollering at you later. <laughs> Peace. All right, all right. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is your boy, Croft. Listen, y'all, I want to welcome everybody to the Child Welfare Raising Awareness Podcast. Y'all know that this is the podcast to keep you in the know about all things child welfare. Hey, listen, y'all, and this podcast is brought to you by Tuskegee University, the Department of Social Work. Listen, y'all, we got a great, great show for you today. Listen, I got some great great people on with me today. I'm so excited about them. Hey, listen, and before I, you know, just go into everything, I want to kind of give you a little backstory about it. You know, for, for Mr. Keith Maskell and Miss Roseanne Maskell. Now, Keith Maskell, Maskell uh, SAG, Astra, AEA is an actor, producer, mental health advocate, He's a sneakerhead, y'all, and founder of the Triggered Project. Now, Keith is a host, a co-host of the Living a Triggered Life podcast with his wife, Roxanne, and a, a luminary for the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. Now, Keith strives to use his art for social change in the Black and Brown community. As a survivor of sexual abuse, Keith hopes to help end the stigma that surrounds mental health and black and brown men talking about being abused. He is committed to using his unique and innovative style of storytelling to provoke love, laughter, and empathy in each story told. Keith is also a co-founder of a professional black theater company, the Front Porch Arts Collective, a teaching artist with the Huntington Theater Group, theater company, and is helping students develop historically focused theatrical scripts with the Moffitt Land House and Garden in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Now I need you to look for Keith in the lead role in the movie Confused by Love on Amazon Prime and as applesauce, y'all, in the Poker King on Netflix. Hey, listen, and if you want to learn more about Keith, I need you to visit Keith Maskell dot com. Hey, Keith, I want to just welcome you to the show. I want to welcome you. Hey, listen, man, you're doing your thing. And I want to, you know, just give a little background on, on the wife as well, because once we go into this thing, we just go jive, jive right in. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, listen, y'all, I want to talk to you a little bit about Miss Roseanne. Miss Roseanne, y'all, 
Listen, listen, Miss Roseanne, you know you might have to help me with this, right? You know you might I'm have to help me with this. I'm glad to help you. Miss <laughs> uh, Roseanne Masco, M-S-W-L-I-C-S-W, you know, I don't know all these letters and everything, producer, lead cl clinician, creative team, uh, RoxanneMasco.com. Listen, y'all, Roxanne Masco is a black Say it, Miss Ross. Say it, Miss Ross. Social worker. Okay. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Roxanne Masco is a black social worker. She is a behavioral health clinician at Harvard University and a staff psychotherapist at, at Brandeis University Counseling Center. Roxanne is a former league uh, clinical social worker at Boston Medical Center. She has a MSW and Certificate of Urban Leadership in Clinical Social Work from Simmons College and a master's degree from the University of Massachusetts in nonprofit management. Roxanne is a past president of the Greater Boston Chapter of the Association of Black Social Workers and a founding member of the Metro West Massachusetts Chapter. How is everybody doing? Listen, y'all, we go make this thing do what it do. Y'all having a good day today so far? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good, yes, sir. good deal. Thank you, thank, good you deal. thank you for that introduction. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listen, y'all, now this whole this whole project, y'all, I mean, you know, just want to give a little teaser about the Trigger Project, you know, what it is, what to expect, and why is it important, you know, to social work practice? You know, just want to talk about it a little bit. and. Uh, we just go jump. We just go jump right in. We just go jump right in. Now, what I either one of y'all can answer this, okay? What I need for you to do is tell us about what led you to develop the Triggered Project. Um, I'll start out with that. Uh, I uh, first thing, being a survivor of sexual abuse and being a black male is difficult to to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd gotten to a really low point uh, in my life where I had to make a decision, right? Was I going to let it destroy me and destroy my marriage and everything that I built in my life or I needed to do something? Um, and so um, uh, I got myself into therapy. Um, and after doing that, um, uh, a good friend brought me into a project that was dealing with the issue, uh, a movie. Uh, short, uh, where I uh, played a abuser. After that, um, I couldn't believe that there was actually someone making a project about it. And Roxanne and I had always been talking about uh, how we wanted to use art um, somehow to use as a learning tool for social workers. And so I tapped her on the shoulder and I said, hey, this might be an opportunity for us to do something. Um, so we sat down, uh, we were working with a doctor at that time, psychologist we were working with, and wanted to develop a, a one-person show um, from one character. Um, and so I brought a good friend of mine, which is the director of our show, uh, John Alawalia Dekuje in to help write the script. At some point, he asked me for my story. Mm. I had already been writing, and we started working on the, we started working on Triggered Life, started working on the one-man show. Um, and it started, we, it completely changed the whole complex of everything. Um, and I decided, uh, we decided to go in and rework it 
Um, and so we end up developing uh, not just a play, but also developed a motion picture live stage hybrid version of it during COVID. And um, I felt like there was more to do. Um, mm -hmm. And so I tapped Roxanne on the, on, the, on the shoulder and said, hey, we're going to be doing a podcast. It's going to be called Living a Triggered Life. And, you know, people are already asking us how we've been in this long-term relationship. And we decided that we wanted to share it. Um, and so we started doing that. And at that mm -hmm. point, I was like, okay, now we have two, we have two, it's not just a show anymore. Now we have this podcast and now we need to, now we need to do something else. And so I said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to start this nonprofit, the triggered project. Um, and we're going to talk, we're going to shatter, uh, shatter the silence and nurture the healing of black and brown male survivors of the use of art. Um, and so doing that through the one man show, which now is a movie and the podcast called living a triggered life, where we're sharing our story of being in a long-term relationship and a marriage and be triggered. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, then we started doing, uh, I'm a sneakerhead, of course, which you said. Um, and so, um, I wanted to bring that part of it in cause it's, it's connected to my trauma. My fetish wow. sneakers gets connected to my trauma and I wanted to figure out how to connect sneaker culture and healing. So I developed a motion picture. I mean, I've developed a, a program called um, the inner monologue sneaker art project. And mm. so leading uh, black and brown boys uh, and men folks uh, reentry program and, and also folks with substance abuse who's creating monologues to, to change what their narrative is. Um, and then we end up writing uh, part of it on a pair of shoes as a political act. Um, and so it's been, it's been, it's been really great. Um, but I'll let Roxanne talk about the, the clinical aspect of it. Well, I want to start a little bit about um, the moment when this really sort of impacted my life as, as his wife, a woman, and also um, in my work. And so just to really uh, make sure I locate myself, I missed my mark before Croft, but I'm a New Rican. And that typically means that I'm a Black Puerto Rican from New York with that okay. experience. Hey, and listen, I, listen. <laughs> I want to ground us in that because that authenticity of who I am plays a role in how I show up in my marriage, how I show up in my work. Um, and so when we first talked, when he first came to me and talked to me about the project that he was working on um, and his own experience to which I did not know for much of our relationship. And then suddenly he told me what happened for me was as someone who's been working in social work, I started to realize that I have been in this long term marriage and relationship and I missed it. Mm. Mm. This man has been next to me for a long time and I missed it. Wow. And that was devastating for me as wow. a woman, as his wife, as a social worker. And I made it my, um, I, I have made it my determination to not miss it anymore and to ensure that other social workers are not and other black professionals are not missing it. Uh, because in all my years of working in child welfare, I missed it. I wow. watched colleagues miss it. I wow. watched the harm 
that we have all caused to our communities and to children in general. And I'm, I, I am done with that. I no longer will be in that place. It will not be missed any longer. Um, and Keith and I talk about this a lot, um, that he speaks his story so others can. And he says, and I also speak for those who haven't and who do not feel like they can show up to do that. And that's what our commitment is to our communities. And you know, I uniquely understand that it's not just about our communities that we also, um, we also lean into making sure that our white colleagues understand that they're missing it. And we've had these experiences where we um, are you know, showing any part of the trigger project or involved in work and we have professionals from all works of life that are, are having these aha moments and saying, oh my God, I can't believe that I missed it, right? That's what we want to encourage. Right. We want to lean into that. Um, and we want people, once you're aware of it, you can no longer deny that it's happening and that we have people wounded walking around. And just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And so we have really been talking to um, social workers around how we understand, uh, you know, this is my sort of my learning in my work that a multi-modality understanding of treatment is how we have to show up for black and brown men because they are a specialized group that no one is teaching us how to treat and how to welcome to healing and recovery. And so you have to think about, well, then what are we doing? Because right now we're having all this conversation about the mass incarceration of black and brown men, but what are we doing? We're not even there yet. That's right. And when you think about it from that point of view, it, it, it's, it, it's startling. It really is. It really is. My God, this is very, very, very interesting. Um, the education part is serious. I mean, you know, I'm sure uh, education needs to be put out there so people can really understand. And and you all put it in a way where it's like you're grabbing somebody's hand and saying, look, this is what it is. This is how it is. And this is what we're doing. Hey, listen, y'all, y'all doing your thing. Listen, we're going to keep, we're going to keep moving on. Now, now my next question is, you know, now, and, and you kind of already touched on this, but I, I mean, you know, I want you to kind of give a, a, a broader sense on why you think it's so important to the social work profession for this. Well, I mean, you know, I know you touched on it. You, 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 you said a little bit about it, and, and you know, it was, it was, it was passion. It was a passion thing. But why do you think it's so important? I know, you know, to to teach. You know, uh, uh, you know, we got so many things going on with black and brown men, like you said. But you know, for the for the long range, for the for the big huge picture. You know, uh, why do you think it's so important? Yeah, uh, well, systems of care aren't made for men in general, never mind made for black, black, black and brown men. Um, and uh, most of the folks that go to MS, go to M get MSWs um, and end up in the field, a lot of times are working with black and brown men. Okay. They don't learn about it in school. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So how can so how can they show up? 
I'm with you. How can white colleagues show up and know that um, and know how to move them along or know how to make it happen? And uh, also, it's taboo still in our community to talk about black men and sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants Mm -hmm. to talk about it. No, no one knows how to deal with it a lot of times. And um, there is such a disservice and such a harm that's being done um, to black and brown men because because we miss it, right? We can see we can we can see the collateral damage in our community in terms of violence, um, you know, uh, crime, uh, substance issues, and and stuff. And it's just it's that important, right? It's it's that's been our mission to change. Um, to change how uh, social workers learn about the black family and also learn about black and brown men in school. And to be able to use art to do that is really helpful. Showing Triggered Life really dives into the minds of these, of these two black men. And we're able to really see and feel uh, what happens to the brain when they get activated. Wow. Right? that that's that's what happens both everybody in the audience you know knows what that feels like there's there's no way as Roxanne said so so eloquently is that it's being missed but it's being missed a lot of times because we can't get past the taboo feeling that we have about it because it's so uncomfortable we have to redefine what what uh, what black masculinity is, not in terms of what Vogue tells it is, it is, but um, we have to look at that differently. Because I say mm-hmm. it all the time, um, all the things that I learned about being a man were all the same things that were in the way of my healing. Okay, okay. Let me ask you this question though. Let me ask you this. How do you address the faith-based communities who are scared to put their hands on it, so to speak. You know, they want to just kind of shun it away. How do you address the faith-based communities, your, your, your regular, you know, everyday Baptist, whatever? Yeah, to be honest with you, the same way we deal with everybody else. That's why the art, that's why the art is so important to talk mm-hmm. about, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, we always talk about like. You know, when people start thinking about self-care and as I think about what what's in their wellness package, some people start with the faith first, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. important. And creating opportunities for discussion is important. Some that's people good. may not that's be good. ready, but that's that's good. Good. But you will find some folks who will be ready and you mm-hmm. start there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And because there's such, there's, there's a shame to it, of course, and I think that more people being open and talking about it helps break down that helps break down that barrier. To be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. right? If I'm walking into a church and I'm and I'm ha- and I'm talking talking having a conversation and talking about it, that's going to change. Um, that's going to change the environment because someone's very you know very open to talk about it um, and help lead folks in the conversation. Because that's what the art can do. The art can yeah. help lead the conversation. Um, and it's how, disarming. Right. And it's disarming in so mm-hmm. many ways. Um, and I think that that is, um, that's the way to go about it, right? Because, you know, faith is needed, most definitely. It's but grounding. It's grounding. 
but we also have to be open to talk about what's difficult. Um, one, one piece I will say about that is, is in, in the, um, in Triggered Life, uh, it's a longer monologue. One of the monologues I'm doing in a church, mm-hmm. but another mm-hmm. one I'm doing in a barbershop because these okay. are places that I should be able to have the conversation, but I can't. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Hey, listen, man, that you, you, you're doing your thing. You're really doing your thing. I really do appreciate you all as well. Now, 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 as far as child welfare work, you know, how could child welfare and other professionals benefit from attending the Trigger Project? I mean, I think it's very similar to um, what we talked about around the churches. We, you know, let's just remember, we're talking about institutions here. Mm-hmm. And institutions generally have a preferred way to operate. Right, and it's sometimes it's linear, it's from top bottom, not always bottom up or not coming from the sides. Like there's not a lot of creativity there. And so that's what I experienced as a child welfare worker was that when I wanted to be creative, when I wanted to operate outside the lines, there was no, no pathway for that. Like my talent was being stifled in that way. When I could see that I needed to connect with my you know, families of color in a different way. I had no options, I had no support, I had no validation. And so, you know, what we're talking about is really, be, is, it's really driving um, the black curriculum of family through that, through all these institutions and really reorganizing and understanding that we need something different, not what it's been. Because what it's been has been, has been set up, these institutions not the faith community so much, but not black churches, maybe other faith institutions has been set up to continue to pull our fam- our black families apart. And so when you think about it from the context of not trauma, because we, we try not to use that word too much. We actually use injury. When you think about the injuries that we have endured generationally, Again, when we talk about systems of care, we're also talking about these institutions that are supposed to be helpful. Child protection, we know, is not helpful to our communities. My God. And if, if they're missing it, and it's starting from all the way at the top of a commissioner or a governor, then we can see how it just sort of really, it, it comes down on us like a rainstorm, a monsoon. And we're never able to sort of find that breath, that air. And that was my experience as a child welfare worker. They were like, oh, you speak another language? Oh, we're just gonna throw all this stuff at you, right? I was working 365 days a week as a child welfare worker because that was my commitment Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. until I stopped sleeping altogether. Oh my goodness. Keith was like, uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> we're not doing this, right? And that is that is the substance, the damage of lacking institution um, institutional validation for what's different, what we need to do, for not changing systems, and saying that we can't do it. Of course we can do it. Of course we can do it. It's just that the the institutions, the people really behind it, are not trying to allow us to do that. Right. So we have to find some creative ways. And so this project is a creative way to bring awareness, to talk about how about treatment, right? Not just therapeutic treatment, but how you show up. 
that's why it's so important. When I say I'm a black social worker, there's meaning behind that. I'm gotcha. operating with a set of ethics. Gotcha. And I'm willing gotcha. to sort of pull that out and make and figure out how that fits into my life and in my work. And we are in the trigger project, especially in the podcast, we are giving. We're talking about how that injury got in the way of us being together. Mm. Mm. We're giving that free of charge, right? We're just Ooh. offering. That's 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 so interesting. That's so interesting. I mean, you know, again, like I said, education is everything with everything. And and y'all have given some good education about all of this. Now, now the my my next question to you is, you know, what's something uh you would say to someone out there who has been triggered? Uh from, from an instance of child abuse, what would you say? Um, I would say, um, first of all, I'm sorry that that happened to you, first of all. Um, second thing I would say is um, I honor your pace of healing. I think that's important. Um, just, because I'm, just because I'm speaking out doesn't mean that I have more courage than anybody else. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. courage is shown in different ways, right? Um, I would say, give yourself grace. Have to patience, That's a must, and patience, mm -hmm. and you know, figure out how to how to make sure that you tell yourself the truth, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and forgive yourself. Wow! Wow! And, 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 and um, the, the next thing I will say is um, you, it wasn't your fault. Gotcha. You didn't do anything wrong. And let me ask you this. I mean, you know, being triggered from child abuse, how, how can someone, you know, seek help? I think... Um, I mean, figuring out, I always say figuring out, you know, figuring out what your wellness package is, which is all the things that make you feel happy and grounded, right? I think it's a, that's the first step of figuring that stuff out where faith is there, faith is in there, of course, and exercise and some meditation and all the things, you know, making sure that, you're, that you have great self-care, I think is, is first. Um, figuring out if there is, if therapy does fit in that wellness package um, is important. Um, but making sure that your self-care is in check uh, first. Um, and, um, you know, if, if you decide that, it, that, that faith is something that's big, um, you know, make sure that you reach out to your pastor and to, to, to get some support that way. But also, you know, some people have done it to, to have their pastor and their therapist work together, um, which I think is really, really strong. Um, if you have a partner, um, figure out how to have the discussion with your partner. Most definitely. Um, I think that's important. And I've heard listening to the podcast, Living a Triggered Life, our podcast has been really helpful with the, how to have the conversation. The one thing that's really such a blessing for, uh, for me is that I really can talk to Roxanne about anything. That's good. Right? that's good. I can talk to her about anything. And I don't, um, I don't feel less than a man uh, mm -hmm. because I'm having these conversations. Um, I actually feel more empowered, to be perfectly honest. 
uh, to, to be okay, to be in my feelings when I need mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. um, and to be honest about what has happened um, and to uh, create space for myself to work through it as well, to have moments to be able to allow myself to be able to work through, be able to work through those moments. Um, but having a good support system of people around you that you can have those other discussions is, is, is important as well. If you have, if you're surrounded by other men who don't talk, that's gonna be really difficult in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So environment is important. Um, but I say self-love all, self-love all day. Self-care and self-love is, is first and foremost. Good deal. Good deal. So, so, so y'all been acting a long time. Y'all been doing your thing. Uh, Keith, you've been acting a long time, my friend. Yeah. I, you know, I've been in the game a little bit. I've been yeah. in the game a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Like, you know, okay. stage a little bit, you know, I come from stage. Um, but you know, uh, it's a, it's been a blessing and it's something that's been there for me through this process. And I feel, uh, I feel so blessed to be able to use my art in three different ways to be able to help other people um, and bring awareness, um, of course. And then, you know, with Roxanne being on board, being able to figure out uh, treatment, but I love it. It makes me breathe Beautiful. for sure. Um, and if I can use my art to help folks, like that's, that's incredible. Um, but now, we, you know, we have these partnerships with museums so that's the other thing that's just um, that's just another another blessing to be able to use your art and act and have museums, uh, major museums, uh, put their stamp on, on your work. Good deal. Good deal, Miss Roxanne. You 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 act as well. Uh, no. <laughs> you see Keith's face. He's trying to he's trying to say what what you gonna say that I act up. No, no, I'm going to say that say. the real actors in the family is the one to my right. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Oh, you talking about me? Well, there's no one else. There's no one else here in the cube next to me. That look, um, look at you. Know, look at she you. Got look at you. She got skills. Listen, listen. Hey, hey, hey you know, you know, Miss Rock said they say if you stay small enough, long enough, he'll make you big enough soon enough. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying, right? That's it. That's what we're talking about. That's hey, listen, y'all. Listen, y'all. I really want to thank y'all so much for giving us a sneak preview, letting us peek into this trigger project thing. And uh, I mean, you know, great, great information. You all have did your thing. I absolutely love this interview because it it is it it will be helpful for a lot of people. Listen, y'all. I want to thank everybody for, for tuning in to the Child Welfare Awareness Podcast. Again, y'all, I have to let you know this podcast keeps you in the know about all things child welfare. Now, before we get out of here, do y'all want to give any shout outs to anybody or any, any, say anything to anybody before we get out of here? Um, I just, I just, I just want to say one thing before we, before we shout, I just want to make sure for the, for the conference, we'll be showing uh, Triggered Life. Uh, we'll be showing the movie um, with a uh, grounding um, and processing as part of the um, as part of the process. Um, mm -hmm. Just so we're clear what that is. But no, nah, no shout outs. You know, shout out to God. You know what I mean. Shout out to Atlanta. Shout out to Barbados. Um, and a shout out to Healing. 
That's that's mm-hmm. all. I got. No New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not no, New that's York. for you. That's for you to do. That's all. I'm that's for me. Yeah. <laughs> South Bronx. That's what I gotta say. <laughs> South Bronx. Uh, South Bronx. There it is. There it is. Listen, y'all. Listen, y'all. I want to thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time this time. And until the next time. I hope it's better than the last. And as my dad would always say, you're never out of business when you mind your own. This is your boy Croft. Hey, listen, y'all, we will holler at you later. Peace. Thank you so very much for tuning into the Child Welfare Raising Awareness Podcast. This is the podcast, y'all, that keeps you in the know about all things child welfare. Oh, it was a great time and we look forward to seeing you next time for another mind-stimulating conversation. And until then, remember y'all, we strive for perfection, but if we have to settle, we only settle for excellence. This is your boy Crawl. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Hey, you blow it up.